Welcome to our Clothed with the Sun daily podcast, our daily reading of scripture and meditation on the gospel. I am James Thomas. Today is Holy Saturday, April 8th, 2023. This is from the gospel according to St. John. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, secretly a disciple of Jesus for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate if he could remove the body of Jesus, and Pilate permitted it. So he came and took his body. Nicodemus, the one who had first come to him at night, also came bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, weighing about 100 pounds. They took the body of Jesus and bound it with burial cloths, along with the spices, according to the Jewish burial custom. Now in the place where he had been crucified there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb, in which no one had yet been buried. So they lay Jesus there, because of the Jewish preparation day, for the tomb was close by. So although I am extremely tempted right now to talk about the resurrection, uh, I'm not going to do that. It's Holy Saturday. I just wanted to give a couple reflections for Holy Saturday as we anticipate our celebration of the Easter vigil and therefore the beginning of the Easter season. We are still in the completion of the sacred triduum right now, Holy Saturday. Holy Saturday is the final Jewish Sabbath in which Jesus is resting. Have we ever thought of it that way? The Old Testament, the book of Genesis, establishes the Sabbath. It was the seventh day. It was the day God rested. There's so much to be said, first of all, about the Sabbath, And these numbers, six and seven, we see the number six referring to evil very often, 666. I bet you don't realize the number originally refers to King Solomon, although we see it in the book of Revelation as referring to the Antichrist in, I believe it's the second book of Kings, it's either the first or the second, the number 666 is actually presented there as, I believe it's the number of gold talents that King Solomon paid out to the Queen of Sheba. It it was connected with his basically betrayal and adultery and selling out his people. So that number in that case has a lot to do with uh, betrayal, someone who has fallen from a great height. So we're going to see that later. But uh, the number six originally goes back to the sixth day of creation in which God made the human race alongside the beasts of the earth. He made us all on the same day. And we have a choice as we live our lives. We could live on the sixth day, wanting everything the world gives, wanting to fulfill our passions and that's it. Or we have a choice. We have an opportunity to fulfill our calling before the Lord, and that is to live on the seventh day. The seventh day was the day God rested. Seven, we're going to see later as a very good number seven sacraments, seven gifts of the Holy Spirit. The book of Revelation talks about the sevenfold spirit, the seven spirits of God. It's referring to the Holy Spirit. And it goes back once again to Genesis, the very beginning. God rested and God created a sacred space and time to commune with his people, to be with his people, to rest with his people. There are so many things, uh, so many parallels we can draw in the history of our faith and the Throughout the Bible, you know, the Martha and Mary contrast. I mean, Martha 
great lady. We made her a saint, right? <laughs> Rather, she made herself a saint. God made her a saint is really what happens there. But yeah, she's the one focused on work. Work is really more about the sixth day. It's about tilling the soil. It's about taking care of creation. Whereas Mary, Jesus says, Mary has chosen the better part. Mary lives on the seventh day. Mary rests with Jesus. I'm sure Mary did a lot of work too. Let's not <laughs> fool ourselves. But it's what they represent. These beautiful stories uh, that we believe are true stories about Jesus and his good friends, Martha and Mary and Lazarus, of course. So here we find ourselves on the Saturday after Jesus died and Jesus rests in the tomb. There's no mistake about this. Holy Saturday is a day in which, well, we traditionally honor Mary in ordinary time on Saturdays. We honor the mother of Jesus because we say that Mary kept the torch lit. Mary kept the faith alive. Of course, we believe in Mary as the Immaculate Conception, so therefore she's full of grace. She's without sin. So there maintains this presence in the world of someone that is the perfect follower of Christ who has completely received his redemption already. That's another mystery for another day, another sermon. But Mary keeps the faith alive. Even though she is sorrowful, she waits in hope. So we have all these great examples for ourselves in terms of what we should be doing today, how we should be praying, how we should be feeling. You can't force feelings, but we can cultivate feelings. We can shape the way that we react to things over time. So you have Mary, the other Mary, sitting at the feet of Jesus. You have Mary Magdalene waiting at the tomb in total sorrow. She seems incredulous on Easter Sunday, and yet Jesus appears to her first, at least in the story that we have in the gospel, he appears to her first. A lot of people would say he probably appeared to his mother first. And the fact that the tomb was already open, see, here I am talking about the resurrection, but just a little quick reflection that'll take us back in time a little bit. When Mary Magdalene gets to the tomb and the tomb is already open, that means Jesus is already out. He's already been somewhere. He's, he's not there anymore. He comes back to say hi to Mary Magdalene. And then he says, let me go because I have to ascend to my father. She's probably hugging him like there's no tomorrow. She probably grabs him. So I believe the original translation of the gospel says, stop holding on to me. Jesus is saying, let me go. Not in a negative way, but just in a way you could imagine the, the joy that they both have. But he says, I have to ascend now to my father. Once again, that's another topic that we will get into as we talk about Easter and the resurrection. So where did Jesus go, though, when he rose from the dead? Well, you could bet he went to his mother. And in fact, there's a lot of speculation about, you know, these souls that rose from their tombs. Jesus was freeing up the souls right after his death. People are seeing loved ones walking around the city of Jerusalem that had died. So, of course, in the church, there's lots of speculation about, well, who would Jesus go and raise up first? I'll bet you anything. Because he lived as man, because he lived on this earth, and he formed very close bonds with particular people, you can bet he went after St. Joseph. You can bet he went and found him and rose him up. And who knows if Mary and Joseph are hanging out on Holy Saturday. You know, I, I don't know exactly what this all looks like as the soul's in the underworld, wherever they are, you know, or the, the bosom of Abraham, etc. Those souls have been freed. Those souls are getting ready to go to heaven. They don't go to heaven until after Jesus rises from the dead. So who knows? 
I don't know. I'm a Star Wars fan. I'm a very big geek, and I just imagine like Obi Wan and Yoda and all the you know the Force ghosts and and what's what's Saint Joseph doing? What are these souls doing during that time? Because uh, you know Mary, I'm sure, was overwhelmed with sorrow with what she had just experienced, and there are writings about this from over the ages that talk about how Mary's sorrow doesn't really ever go away, even though she's filled with joy and glory after the resurrection, and of course the ascension, her assumption, etc., the, the descent of the Spirit, all these mysteries, still there's a sorrow. They say, even though we accredit St. Francis as having invented the Stations of the Cross, St. Francis of Assisi, they say that Mary was the one that truly originally invented the Stations because she just continued to meditate till the end of her days on Jesus's passion and death. She experienced it. It was etched within her memory. I mean, imagine mothers out there. Imagine what you would feel to see your child suffer and die. But with Mary, there's such a, there's a greater depth because her son is God and because she herself is without sin. So there's this connection. So Mary's experiencing sorrow, yet she is filled with hope. And so we are supposed to be filled with hope even in the darkest times, even in times of loss and pain. Mary keeps the torch lit. That's why we honor her on Saturdays. So Mary is deep in prayer. The apostles, you can better in prayer on this day. Uh, once again, we don't know exactly what's happening with them. They are back in the upper room. They're in hiding. They're afraid. They had abandoned the Lord. Perhaps there's some repentance going on. Are they sitting there saying, okay, he's going to rise in another day? That's what he said. It seems from the readings that they're not saying that, that they've lost hope. It seems that way. Maybe John would be a little different. Maybe they're arguing over it. It's hard to say. But when Jesus does rise, they are amazed, it says. It's funny how there's no accounts in the Gospels of the Blessed Mother's reaction to Jesus' resurrection, perhaps because... They want accounts in the Gospels of people that we can better relate to, people that had lost faith and hope and that are now restored to the nth degree, people that are in amazement. With Mary, Mary has such a deep prayer life. She was connected with our Lord spiritually nonstop. Who knows what she's doing in her communication with St. Joseph, even in her communication with the Father, with the Spirit who had anointed her at the moment of the uh, incarnation, the uh, Annunciation from the Angel Gabriel. So Mary is in constant prayer. Mary knows her son is going to rise from the dead. Mary is patiently waiting. And as the hours get closer, I heard a talk once that was so beautiful saying, well, as the hours get closer and it's time for Jesus to rise, I wonder if Mary laid out his clothes for him. Uh, you know, I mean, because Jesus... He wasn't wearing burial clothes when he appeared after his resurrection. So Mary must have gotten clothes ready for him. Uh, did she perhaps make his favorite meal? Did she have food waiting for him after his resurrection from the dead? All these beautiful things we can meditate on and think about. So as we now prepare for Easter, we do this with Mary. We recognize the value of the Sabbath, the final Jewish Sabbath where Jesus rests, God rested after creating uh, the world in six days, and now there's going to be a new Sabbath. This is the old one. There's a new one because now we have a new creation. 
when Jesus rises, everything changes. All of creation changes because of his death and his resurrection. So as Christians, we no longer celebrate the seventh day as the Sabbath. We celebrate the eighth day. The first day of creation now becomes the eighth day of, uh, well, the day we celebrate our redemption, the day we celebrate the resurrection. Now there is a deeper rest that we go to. There is a deeper glory that we are welcome to experience in sharing with Jesus in his resurrection. Let us continue to, to uh, accompany Jesus in his death, in his burial. I mean, there's so much humility upon God's part to be buried in the earth, and now he's going to rise. And of course, we could also talk about the shroud. The shroud probably is more of a topic. I, it's great to talk about when we talk about the crucifixion, because it has all the marks of the crucifixion on it, the whipping all over his body, the holes from the thorns in his head and his hands and his feet and the, the, the spear mark in his side, uh, all these different things. But it's also great to talk about in regard to the resurrection insofar as um, the energy created to create. It's basically a photograph on a cloth. Photography wasn't invented for another 1800 years. Science has shown it's from that area of the world from that time. Um, there's so much indicating this is truly from Jesus and it's miraculous in that it appears the, the image appears on that piece of cloth. So, uh, so many cool things are about to happen. Even just the stone rolled away from the tomb. According to ancient accounts, it wasn't rolled away. It was flung to the other side of the courtyard while the soldiers slept. There wasn't anything on earth powerful enough to fling that (laughs) huge stone as heavy as it was. You would need multiple horses. There's no way the soldiers slept through that, but the stone was flung to the other end, which I don't mean to give you any spoilers here. We're just going to have to wait for the resurrection to find out exactly what happened. So I hope everybody has a blessed continuation of the sacred tree to him, a blessed Holy Saturday, and I look forward to sharing the joy of the resurrection with all of you on Easter. God bless you. Have a great day.